Purdue has ascended to the mountaintop of both the Locked On and AP College Basketball Top 25, and we all agree with that, right? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. We are your hosts. That's Andy Patton. I'm Isaac Shade. We're so glad to be with you. Less than a week from Christmas, Andy. That does not feel real. Hey, folks, if you're trying to get away from your family, speaking of Christmas, and you want to talk some more college basketball, come join the Locked On College Basketball Discord. Uh, the link for that is in the show notes. We would love to have you. We're talking college basketball all day long on there, uh, especially you everydayers. If you're not part of this already, you're missing out on it. Andy, it is Tuesday, and that means Trivia Tuesday. This week, I am asking you, if you're new to the show, each Tuesday we have a trivia question we ask off the top, and then I'll give Andy a chance to answer it later on in the show and then tell him how badly and poorly he did. <laughs> Speaking of badly and poorly, Andy, I, uh, before the show, went with my family to the gym. Great decision. Immediately <laughs> from there, we went to eat supper, Andy. We ran for the border at Taco Bell. That was a less awesome decision. Well, no, better decision. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I feel like the worst person in the world right now. So uh, that said, Trivia Tuesday, here we go. This is from John Gassaway from ESPN. Actually, a stat he uh, kind of happened on a couple years ago and just keeps refreshing it. And it says this. The last 19 national champions have all been ranked in the top 12 in that season's week six AP poll. I know that's a lot of logistics. Top 12 of the week six AP poll. So last week was the week six AP poll for this season. So Andy, the question is this. Who were last week's top 12 AP teams that, if the trend holds, the national champion is going to come from one of those 12 teams? And bonus points if you get any of those teams in their right slot. So, Andy, start thinking on last week's top 12. We'll come back around to it in just a little bit. Where, where we want to start today, folks, we, we got a great show coming up for you. We're going to look at both our poll and the AP poll, see where some differences are. We want to preview a couple great games that are coming up tonight, including a ranked-on-ranked matchup, which you wouldn't expect the Tuesday before Christmas. But, Andy, we want to start at the top end of the poll. When we were talking last week, we had a top eight that we felt really good about. Um, but since then, two of those eight, in fact, it was teams seven and eight, if I remember correctly, or six mm -hmm. and eight, have dropped a little bit in both our poll and the AP poll, and that is Creighton, who lost at UNLV, and then Baylor, who lost quote-unquote, at Michigan State on Saturday. It was in Detroit. So, Andy, here's my question to kick us off. Do we still consider those two teams as part of this elite top eight? And while you answer it, for those of you watching, I'm actually going to pull up our uh, locked-on top 25 poll for this week. Andy, take it away. Yeah, first of all, the Creighton game was also, quote-unquote, at UNLV, yeah. <laughs> technically. <laughs> that game was in Henderson, Nevada, regardless, two base pseudo-road games for Creighton and Baylor. Uh, I would still consider them two of the top 10 teams in the country. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, I didn't, I didn't knock Creighton at all in, in my, my rankings. I think I still had them eighth, even after the loss to UNLV because they turned around and beat Alabama. And yeah, Alabama is a inconsistent team, certainly a team that struggles defensively and, and probably a pretty good matchup for Creighton just in terms of their, their offensive abilities. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, 
pretty high on Creighton still. I remain high on Creighton. I am a little concerned about the fact that they've had two offensive stinkers. Granted, they were against Colorado State and UNLV, Colorado State, a, a top 25 team. UNLV, a very good team. And that was, a again, a, a pseudo road environment for Creighton. But I don't, I haven't really knocked them too much, but I am concerned about the consistency. We were talking before we hit record here and like Colorado State's the kind of team that you would face uh, if you were a three seed and they were a six seed, like you'd face that team in the second round. And UNLV is the kind of team that could be a play in 11 that ends up being a team you face in the second round. So Creighton's lost to two teams that might not even make them into the Sweet 16 if they were to lose those teams in the in the in, in the tournament. So that's something that's kind of rattling around in my brain. And Baylor just, I mean, they just had a horrific half of basketball. They have played really well outside of the first half against Michigan State, but they played terrible. 17 points against Michigan State. We're going to talk more about what that game meant for Michigan State. And I think a lot of the the conversation around that game has been like, okay, Tom Izzo's team, are they back? Have they found their way after a a slow start to the season? And there hasn't been as much conversation about that game from the Baylor side. And I I wonder if that's people who are just like, hey, maybe we just toss that out. They kind of rebounded in the second half. But at the same time, Michigan State let off the gas in a significant way in the second half too. So I'm I'm kind of playing a wait and see game with Baylor. I dropped them obviously in the poll. I don't know how you can't not drop Baylor for losing yeah. an unranked team uh, and getting beat very badly by an unranked team, even if Michigan State is a, a unique unranked team in the sense that they were a, a preseason top five team. So I still believe in both these teams, but I do think that the the list of kind of that that really ironclad top top group of teams has shrunk a little bit. Like I'm not sure either of these teams. Now that Creighton has two losses, now that Baylor has has really showed a significant, uh, you know, has had a really bad performance uh, on their resume, which they didn't have before, I'm more skeptical about both teams. I don't know how anybody couldn't be, uh, but I still have them as as teams that I think are, are dangerous, Sweet 16, Elite 8 threats, and, and could really, could be teams that are in that Final Four conversation. They just certainly don't quite look as strong as we saw from them previously. Yeah, for and for those of you watching in our poll, Creighton dropped to ten, Baylor to fifteen, and the AP poll, Baylor's ten, and Creighton is twelve. Andy, looking back at my own rankings, I think I was probably a little too harsh on both of these teams. I actually dropped Creighton to fourteen and Baylor to seventeen. I just basically gave Baylor an automatic ten spot drop, and mm-hmm. then just said, "Fight your way back up," which I think they will do. Yeah, but with with Baylor, it's weird because the the defense is is ranked real low at Ken Palm mm-hmm. with Creighton. You and I were talking about this. It's like as good and as potent as their offense should be. It's kind of been an offensive issue when they've struggled. And so yeah. uh, we'll, we'll wait to see with both of those. But like you said, I believe that these are both ultimately still top 10 teams that are going to be uh, probably three seeds or better. I would say if I, if I was seeding this right now, but what you said, I think is a great point. Also, that moves us into the next part of this conversation because you said that ironclad tip top of the sport now has probably shrunk a little bit. And so, Andy, with that said, it feels like this top five is pretty locked in. Um, By our poll, it's Purdue one, UConn two, Arizona three, Kansas four, Houston five. The AP poll slightly different. Purdue one, Kansas two, Houston three, Arizona four, UConn five. And Andy, I I think that's, and we'll get to Marquette folks here in just a second, but I think that is the right shrinking of these teams. I think both the AP voters and I think we got this right with Purdue. They hands down have the best resume right now. I, I just don't think you can make an argument 
you know, obviously we're nitpicking right now at the tip top, but when you pick those nits, Purdue has the most of them. I don't even know if that's the right way to use that phrase, but um, th that that's just what's true right now. And so more so outside of that, the conversation is about how you nitpick two through five. And so Andy, um, why did, so you went Yukon, Arizona, Houston, Kansas, two through five. Uh, and then the only difference that I had was I just flip-flopped Kansas and Houston. I had Kansas four, Houston five. Why, uh, why do you have two through five the way you do? Yeah, I think UConn just looks like, I mean, that's a, a pure eye test perspective. They look like the second or best team in college basketball. I mean, them and Purdue are, are right there. Arizona is right there too. I think those top three are really, really solid teams. Obviously Purdue's going to move ahead of Arizona because in a head-to-head -head matchup, they won and they won that game. And, and, you know, it was a really good, hotly contested game. There weren't really any caveats. Purdue just won. And so they get that top ranking. They have that loss to Northwestern on the road. Uh, the rest of their resume is really solid. Their quality of wins is really high. UConn and Arizona both have high quality wins as well. And neither of their losses are, are overly concerning. Arizona, of course, to Purdue. UConn's is to Kansas at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And I just think like when you look at that combination of things, I mean, these three teams, Purdue technically has the worst loss, but they have the best overall resume. And I think for me, that it's really ironclad that those are the top three teams. I'm surprised that the AP voters uh, disagreed and had UConn down at fifth. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that UConn didn't move up after yeah. beating Gonzaga in a pseudo road environment in Seattle. I was in the house for that game. There was not a lot of UConn fans that were there, and, and that was a nice win for UConn. But uh, the only difference I have with you is the Kansas and Houston. And I, I, Kansas, I know they came back and won against Indiana and uh, that that's a really nice win for them to win on the road in that environment. I'm still a little concerned about Kansas's depth. I'm concerned about their shooting guard position, not in an overly like I'm really down on them way. I have them fifth in the country. Clearly, I, I believe in them. But for me, Houston's defense is so good. I know their resume is not as strong. I understand yeah. why they are fifth in a lot of other places. Uh, because that they haven't beat a lot of really good teams, but that Texas A&M victory, A&M almost came back and beat them, but they didn't. And Houston has that win now over a quality team in the SEC. Xavier's a quality win for them too. So uh, I just, I really like Houston. Them and Kansas is really close for me, but uh, to me, I, this top five, especially two through five could be ordered almost any different way. And I think it's defensible. Yep. For me, that slight swap that you and I have is about two things. Number one, it is the the quality of, of schedule and wins that Kansas had. I know that Kansas has a loss and Houston doesn't, but Houston hasn't played Marquette, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's who Kansas has lost to. But Kansas has beaten Kentucky, who's now a top 10 team. Kansas has right. beaten UConn, who you and I both have number two. And then also you, you hate that these factors come in, Andy, mm -hmm. but the, uh, the Terrence Arsenault factor for me, sure. I, I'm really curious. And again, you hate to make that a, a factor, but mm -hmm. it is. And so I'm curious to see, what Houston will be as they move forward. And then I want to see them against not just high level, but elite level competition, which they're going to get very often in the big 12. And so uh, there's that. Yeah. I think uh, the, the last thing that I kind of wanted to touch on really quickly is just this, the Marquette of it all. Um, yeah. Marquette is sixth. They kind of fit right in that kind of just outside the top five conversation. And I feel like, if there is going to be any change to the top five, like I think the top five is probably going to stay pretty consistent throughout the, the rest of the season, but Marquette feels like a team that, that might sneak in there. We're going to preview their game against Providence here 
later in the show, but but Marquette feels like a team that's kind of knocking right on the door of being a, a top five team. And then kind of after that, the whole rest of, you know, the, the, the teams outside of that, you have Oklahoma, you have Tennessee, you have Gonzaga kind of was in that conversation, North Carolina, Kentucky, like there's a lot of teams that have been in that seven to 15 range throughout the year and, and nobody that's really consistently stuck. And it feels like there's a top five that's consistent Marquette. And then it gets kind of wonky after that. And it's, I'm curious how long it will continue to look like that because that's kind of been the the rhythm of the of the AP poll and our poll for the last month or so. Yeah, it really feels like Marquette could hang around and sneak into that top five here and there. But I, I do think I'm with you. I think they're in a tier just ever so slightly below that top five. But I do see I see more separation from them down to seven than mm-hmm. I do from them up to five. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. I, I think exactly. I think that's why they're kind of on an island in in a sense. <laughs> that's good. Well, Isaac, Michigan State, did they deserve to be ranked after that massive win over Baylor? We talked about it a bit already, but we're going to get more into that. And how on earth did the AP voters give more votes to Miami than they did to Auburn? We're going to discuss that craziness after a word from today's sponsor, eBay Motors. Folks, passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what helps keep your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. Plus, with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that W. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, Isaac, continuing our conversation, comparing our poll to the AP poll and kind of what the differences were as we head into this this next week of the college basketball season, the last week before we get to that Christmas break. And Isaac, 24 of the 25 teams on our poll were the exact same teams that were on the AP poll. Only one difference Obviously, lots of different spots were different, but the fact that there was only one team difference is pretty wild to me. The difference is the AP poll had the Longhorns of Texas at number 19. We did not have them ranked on our college basketball poll. I think I was the only one who gave them a vote this week for our poll. And then Auburn was ranked on our poll at 19th. I think we all voted for Auburn, if I'm not mistaken. I'll look while you're talking. Yeah. And meanwhile, the AP voters somehow when we will get to it did not pick auburn i don't i, I don't know how we you i had them 23rd leaf had them 17th yeah i i'm i will get to it i'm but i'm a little mystified why the ap voters didn't see a resume worth including the top 25 for auburn uh but again texas for the ap polls auburn for us and then there was a couple of teams where we were five or more spots different then the AP poll, we mentioned one of them is Baylor. The AP poll had them at 10. We had them at 15. Clemson, our poll had them at 13. The AP was down on them at 18. James Madison, the AP had them up at 20. We had them 25th. And then Memphis, we had at 18. And the AP poll had them at 23. Isaac, anything out of that group that kind of stands out to you as particularly notable or interesting in terms of our the differences in our poll and the AP poll? 
first, the first thing I thought was hilarious, Andy, is that not only did we have just one team different, mm-hmm. it said it was in the same slot because yeah. it wasn't just like 23 and 25. It was all the way up into the top. Mm-hmm. It was 19 for 19. And so that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, on the Texas of it, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll get more to that, but I think Dylan DeSue being back mm-hmm. matters in that conversation. So let me give you some flowers for your Texas vote <laughs> and uh, we'll see how they continue to do. I think just getting that depth is big. The one um, that sticks out to me, interestingly, uh, it, like not James Madison, cause I get that people are going to feel so wildly different about mm-hmm. them. Um, I, I kind of have gone back and forth between both Clemson and Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like because uh, Clemson, it's almost like a reputational 18 for them yeah. in the AP poll. And I think that the three of us are more looking at Clemson's actual resume and mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, we, ha- I mean, we were very aligned. You voted Clemson 12. I was 15, the lowest, and Leaf had them 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, you know, when, when you start thinking about Clemson's uh, resume and what they've done. I mean, yes, they just lost at Memphis, but it's a true road game at mm-hmm. the FedEx Forum, a game that they only lost by two points, and then they've won every other opportunity yeah. they've had. They have beaten Bama in a true road game. They beat Pittsburgh in a true road game. I mean, it's just they've they've been tested. They've shown up. They've got the personnel that I believe in. So for me, uh, I believe in where we have Clemson, you know, like if we have some, a team wrong, I don't ever mind coming back and saying it, sure. but in this one, I think we're right in the AP's too low. What stands out to me, and I know that this is not a, a this is not a, a hard and fast science by any stretch, but there was th- three teams that dropped, well, two teams that dropped by five and one team that dropped by four in the AP poll. Clemson drops by five for losing a true road game to a ranked team in Memphis. Gonzaga drops by five for losing a pseudo home game against one of the three best teams in the country in UConn. And then Baylor drops by four despite getting obliterated by an unranked team. And I don't necessarily, I'm not advocating that Baylor should have dropped way more necessarily, but it is odd that Clemson took a bigger fall in the AP poll for losing a true road game to a ranked team by two two. compared to Baylor losing a pseudo road game to an unranked team by 150 or whatever the final score was of that game. That is just a, and I think you, you're, you nailed it with the reputation thing. Baylor still has a reputation and Baylor may still be a better team than Clemson. We have them higher. The AP still has them higher. I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but it is odd that that is how the, how the breakdown went in terms of how far those two teams and, and Gonzaga tossed in there as well. How, how the, how far those teams fell. Whew. Well, and, and Andy, the other one for me, and you know, I know we got to keep going, so I won't belabor it it mm-hmm. is memphis like it's funny that we're talking about them with with clemson there but uh you know we we have them a good bit higher and i think they should be but mm-hmm. we we need to get to michigan state this team mm-hmm. that uh is the one that beat that baylor team we were just mm-hmm. talking about um because i think one of the questions is you know people are like do we bump them back into the poll what does that mm-hmm. look like well they show up 33rd in the ap poll this week so others receiving votes uh they followed it you know a big question is we asked this on on Monday show, like, is this a one off or where are they at? Well, mm-hmm. they played Oakland on Monday night, who's, you know, not a phenomenal team, but they are one of the five uh, teams at Ken Palm that has risen the most since uh, opening day. They beat mm-hmm. Michigan State wins that game by 17. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's like, OK, you did that. Let's keep, you know, we need more resident. We need more uh, data 
points on this. But Andy, for, for you, how did you think seriously at all about having Michigan State back in your top 25? Yeah, I ranked them. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I had them 24th. Uh, and and I, think it, I think it's probably a situation where you should take more time. Like, let's see if this is actually the rebound for Tom Izzo's team. Uh, maybe I jumped the gun a tiny bit on having them ranked. But, like, I, I think that it's a, it's a really quality roster. It's a really quality team. It's a really well-coached team. And, like, yeah. They have had a bad start to the season. There's no debating that. There's no denying that. Uh, there's no, you know, pretending that that's not what happened. But we knew that this team was capable of having these really balanced scoring attacks. We knew this team was capable of shooting better than we saw early in the season. And we're starting to see that. They made nine threes against Oakland. Uh, they shot well against Baylor. And, yeah, maybe if, it, you know, if they drop Notre Dame in the Big Ten in, in the next week or so, this will look more like an aberration. And maybe, again, we jump in the gun by ranking them now. But, there, we know the talent of a top 25 team is there, a top 15 team, arguably from a talent perspective, top 10 team, top five team from a coaching perspective. It's all there. And it's starting to look like it might be getting unlocked. Well, and, and guess what, Andy? I know that this team is now six and five after that win. Mm -hmm. All five of those losses, I mean, you hate to have that many losses. They're mm -hmm. all quad one. Yeah. They're all quad one losses. I, yeah. I like James Madison. Yes, like they're a ranked team. They lost to Duke, mm -hmm. lost to Arizona, lost to Wisconsin and Nebraska. And it's like, folks, Nebraska is legitimately a good basketball yeah. team. So like while they shouldn't lose all those, mm -hmm. they're definitely explainable. So I know we're running low on time, Isaac, but will you allow me to jump on my soapbox real Please, quick? I love a good soapbox and I wish I could place it for you that you might step upon it. <laughs> The 26th team in the AP poll is Miami. They were the team that had the most votes that did not make the top 25. 27th is Auburn. We already discussed how we had Auburn 19th in our poll. And I'm not trying to trash on Miami here, but I don't see any argument, any argument, why you would vote for Miami over Auburn. I, I do not see it. The Appalachian State loss is very clearly what is dragging Auburn's resume down. And I, I think that a lot of people are not aware that App State is A, a pretty good basketball team, and B, this was a true road game for the Tigers. A true road loss against the 78th team at Ken Palm. That is not a terrible loss. Both teams are 8-2. and two. Auburn has better wins, and their wins haven't even been close. Baylor's only, so, so first of all, Auburn's only their losses to Baylor in the first game of the season. So they have a loss to Baylor. They have a loss to App State. And then they have blown everybody else out. Closest win is 15 points over Southeast Louisiana. Beat USC by 16, St. Bonaventure by 17, Virginia Tech by 18, Notre Dame by 24, Indiana by 28. Like, they are blasting teams. Miami, on the other hand, they're also eight and two. Their losses are better in theory. They're against Kentucky and Colorado, better teams, but they got spanked by both <laughs> yeah, they those teams. Both they got beat by games. 27 points to an, a now unranked Colorado team. They got beat by 18 to Kentucky. And their wins, they got a six-point win over FIU. They got a seven-point win over LaSalle. I don't think this Miami team is better than Auburn. Ken Palm doesn't even think they're close. Ken Palm has Auburn at eight, which definitely feels high, but when you blow teams out, that's what happens. And they have Miami at 59. I don't see the argument. I get why people might like Miami. I get why they're a borderline top 25 team, but they are not better than Auburn. And I don't see the argument here. No. I, I mean, and what is the best win? K-State? Is that what we would say their best win? You know, like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, which isn't bad. But after mm -hmm. that, I mean, it, it drops off. Well, Andy, mm -hmm. while Tuesday night's action is not, completely electric 
for the week before Christmas, it ain't a bad slate of games. We want to get to three of them uh, in particular, including a ranked Virginia at Memphis. Another true. How does Memphis keep landing these great home games, Andy? I don't know, but we're going to talk about it in just a second. All right, Tuesday night, six days away from Christmas Day, Andy. The goose is getting fat. There's a song about it, and I love it, and I'm hungry. Uh, although I'm not that hungry because that Taco Bell conversation. Virginia, 23rd at our poll, 22nd in the AP. At number 18 in our poll, 23 in the AP. Memphis, 7 tonight on ESPN2. We have a fan duel line, Andy, and it's the Tigers by two and a half points so virginia comes in riding a five game winning streak but andy they did not look good saturday against northeastern i caught some of that game and it was just like hey but hey a w is a w and uh we'll give it to them only losses to wisconsin right now again a totally understandable loss Andy, this memphis team feels like it is rolling right now and after what they did to clemson in the fedex forum on saturday uh i think it might be back-to-back two and oh against the acc what about you yeah, I, I'm taking Memphis in this one. I, I really like the. I think the matchup is good for the Tigers. I am really curious how Ryan Dunn, who's just been absolutely fantastic for Virginia, particularly on the defensive end of the floor, he's a he's the best defender in college basketball, and I'm not sure that it's close to be honest. He's two and a half blocks, two point three steals per game, and that's in 26 minutes. He's unbelievable at forcing turnovers. I'm curious how he gets deployed, who he ends up guarding for Memphis, whether he matches up with David Jones or how they kind of figure that out. Cause David Jones has been an absolute star for Memphis this season, but I really like this matchup. I think it's going to be a fun battle of, of if Virginia can really slow down the Tigers, especially on their home floor. But yeah, I think Memphis is going to get another win over the ACC and, and perhaps make a, our ranking of them, which was much higher than the AP poll uh, look pretty good. Yes, sir. You know, and as a reminder, they do not yet have Naquan Tomlin, mm-hmm. but man, once they add him in the uh, in the front court there, Penny's team assumedly is going to get that much mm-hmm. better. Andy, let's stay in that seven o'clock Eastern time slot. The first game of the Jumpman Invitational. The second game will be Wednesday night, but this one is in Charlotte. It's Florida and Michigan ESPN. FanDuel has the line Gators minus mm-hmm. two and a half. Andy, what do you think about this one? A really, really good, even matchup. Ken Palm has Florida at 38 and uh, Michigan at 45. Uh, it'll be Juwan Howard's first time back coaching against a power six uh, opponent. I'm curious to see how that, what that does for the Wolverines. And these are two teams that really need a win. Uh, Michigan's they're only six and five. They got a win at St. John's. They beat Stanford. They got a win at Iowa. None of those are particularly great wins. Uh, the Long Beach State loss certainly stands out. The rest of their losses aren't aren't anything too terrible, but this is a team that really needs a win. And Florida's kind of in a similar boat. They're seven and three, so they're in a better spot, but their best wins are Florida State and Pitt. Yeah. Just nothing all that great. Uh, the Wake Forest loss definitely stands out for Florida, and certainly they want to avoid uh, another loss to a team kind of in that similar-ish range, although Michigan's better than, than Wake Forest. So I do think Florida's going to win. Uh, I think they're they're really well coached. I think they're pretty balanced. I think that that guard play we've seen from them, from Riley Kugel and Walter Clayton, has been good enough that I think they'll be able to win even against Doug McDaniel and, and the phenomenal play that he's had for the Wolverines. But I think this is going to be a really close and really, really fun game to kick off uh, leading into that Oklahoma-North Carolina game on Wednesday. Yes, agreed. That that Walter Clayton take, Andy, it, it's staying hot. He's looking good. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get to a Big East matchup. Marquette, sixth in both our poll and the AP poll, is at Providence, 830 Eastern on FS1. We don't have a FanDuel line yet, but the Marquette line, or the Ken Palm <laughs> line is Marquette by five. Andy, Tyler Kolek 
heading mm-hmm. home to the smallest state in our country mm-hmm. should be a fun one. And you expect a lot of folks there cheering on the uh, Marquette's point guard. Yeah, it's a fun, fun opportunity for Providence to potentially pick up another win over a ranked team from the state of Wisconsin because they beat Wisconsin. Now they're getting a chance to play Marquette. Uh, perhaps they'll be able to pull it off. I think Providence is, is a little bit under the radar yeah, this so. year. They're 9-2. and two. Their only losses are to Kansas State and at Oklahoma. That Oklahoma loss has obviously aged well. That Kansas State loss, not so much. I think that's probably dragging their resume down. They also don't have any super marquee wins. Wisconsin. And that's what they're hoping to change. They got the win over Wisconsin. That's a great win. If they beat Marquette, that's a huge win for them in conference play. And, and nobody wants to play at Providence. Kim English, very, very good coach. Uh, I think this is going to be a very close game. Uh, I certainly think Marquette is the better team. Uh, but the better team doesn't always win on the road in the Big East. No, in fact, no. it's really, really hard to win on the road right. in the Big East. And and uh, I I'm, I'm wouldn't be surprised at all if Providence wins, wins this one. I wouldn't either, especially like – there's like you're amped to go home if you're Tyler Kolick, but mm-hmm. sometimes we see guys overdo yeah. it. And so I think he did like um, Shaka just needs to temper him before mm-hmm. the game, find a way to do that. I'm expecting a big Oso game. And yeah, so yeah. let's watch out and see what he does. Andy fun slate. These three games should be good. There's mm-hmm. always like a, a mystery game that pops up and catches mm-hmm. our attention, but we got to get to our trivia question answer. Andy, who were last week's top 12 AP teams, one of whom who was going to clearly and definitively be this year's national champion? What do you got? Well, Arizona. Number one, there you go. Yeah, Kansas. Well, Kansas was two, right? There's yep. still two. Uh, and then you got Purdue, Kansas, or excuse me, Purdue, Houston, Yukon. Five for five in order so far, by the way. Marquette? Or no, they Baylor. Baylor was six. Baylor, Marquette, um, Creighton was top 12, I think. They were eight. Yep. Okay. Um, Was North Carolina, were they top 12? They were nine. Yep. Okay. They were nine. Uh, Gonzaga was 10. Yep. Tennessee? They were 12. Oh. So you're missing 11. Who is it 11? Um, It's a team we have talked about tonight that's playing a marquee game on Wednesday. Um... In the Jumpman Invitational. Oh, they're playing in Jumpman? They're, oh, they're undefeated. Oh, yes, Oklahoma. They're... Okay, Oklahoma. <laughs> there you go. Dude, I think you got not nine of the 12, not in only right, right, but spot. in their right spot or something like that. And yeah. you got 11 of the 12 in totality. Great job. That's a tough one. Andy Patton. <laughs> I would just say, too, I think we probably are going to have a national champion out of that group. That just That would be my take there. I think so. Oh, 100. We, we're going to be uh, 20th. Uh, national champion in a row holding that down sorry about you kentucky you're in the top 10 but uh you, you clearly you don't have what it no, weren't there by week six sorry <laughs> well folks that's going to do it for us today here on locked on college basketball podcast thank you so much to those of you who have made this show your first listen or your first watch of the day and of course to those of you who have joined us on our discord channel there's a link in the show notes for those of you who are interested in doing so we're talking college hoops 24 7 there we will be back later in the week recapping those games we'll recap that Jumpman invitational game between florida and michigan and then of course get to the preview of that big one it's oklahoma and north carolina all that coming up here on the locked on college basketball podcast thank you so much for listening apologies to the lawyer family go wildcats and until tomorrow peace